The views expressed in this interview are those of the individuals and do not reflect the official policy or position of the U.S. government, the Department of Defense, the U.S. Navy, or the Naval Postgraduate School. Welcome to the Trident Room, brewer of stout conversation, unfiltered and on tap. On today's episode of the Trident Room podcast, senior producer Sarah Dixon sits down with the host of the Trident Room podcast. Hello, we're here. Uh, I'm Sarah Dixon. I'm here with the Trident Room podcast in celebration of our 50th episode. Uh, (laughs) I hope I didn't ruin your experience with that clap. So um, I guess, Steve, take it away. Introduce yourself, how you found the podcast, what your experiences are, and what you kind of expect to take forward. Yeah, so uh, my name is Stephen Bakutik, Lieutenant United States Navy, Surface Warfare found the podcast on the muster page like most and was very interested. I've always enjoyed listening to other people talk, debate, and talk about subjects that are interesting in the realms of science and other things of that nature. Uh, as far as what my experiences are with podcasts, zero. Actually hosting, none. But I thought it was a nice team to join and have that growth. Um, looking forward to having people on that are not necessarily being in a way that's non-authentic, but still being able to get the military's personnel's like idea on certain subjects. And I guess that really clears up for me. Yeah, uh, I'm Captain Carl Flynn, uh, Marine, uh, LAR by trade. If you know what that is, I'll be impressed. Um, like Steve, I also found the uh, Trident Room podcast announcement on the muster page back when I paid attention to the muster page. Yeah. Uh, also had no prior experience with anything podcast related other than just listening to podcasts. So um, happy to be here. And then, uh, yeah, much like Steve, just excited to learn about all sorts of other stuff. Like, uh, I know Colleen's next, but yeah, her uh, Me Talk episode, I learned more about Me Talk in 20 minutes than four years at the Naval Academy. So yeah, it's been it's been fun so far. That's a great accolade. <laughs> Um, this is Colleen. I found out about the podcast because our um, advisor actually sent out a message asking if anybody wanted to coordinate starting a MeTalk series. And so I thought that I was just getting into it as, hey, this is a great avenue. This is topics we can talk about. Uh, did not realize that I was signing on to be a host. <laughs> um, so I think now we've got three episodes uh, on the series with with a couple more lined up, and um, if you haven't listened to the to those episodes, uh, that'll be a a me talk uh, series, which is me- meteorology and oceanography in the Navy. So, I'm Lieutenant Dan Peterson in the meteorology and oceanography department, as well as Colleen. Uh, like her, I uh, I got volunteered. Uh, so, our advisor said that they were interested in doing a, a me talk series in the podcast and wanted some inputs, and so I thought I was going to come down and provide some insight on ways to ask questions of, of the MeTalk community, and lo and behold, became a part of the uh, podcast team. So it uh, was unexpected, but uh, I have a very inquisitive nature, uh, as many people will probably tell you, so I enjoy asking questions and getting deeper understanding, and I thought the uh, podcast series is a great way to sit down with uh, various different uh, you know, guests on various different lectures and, and understand how they see things for more of a human standpoint, the military kind of get wrapped into, you know, you're a military member and there's a lot of mystique that goes into that. So I wanted to kind of strip it down to more of a personal approach on 
individuals and, and their feelings and their lifestyle and how that impacts them and uh, kind of get to know people more on a fundamental level. Uh, and I thought this podcast series was a great opportunity to do that. Well, as being one of the people who kind of wrangled both you, Colleen, and Dan in, I'm very thankful you joined our podcast team uh, as as hosts and as content advisors in, in, in regards. You've, you've both contributed very much to this team in, like, questions and subjects and what other, whether other hosts can grab for episodes and whatnot. And, yes, the Me Talk series... Um, I hope is fun for you all as part of the community and and then and, you know it's Carl's case great as a great great education tool to teach other people about what me talk is so um, I'm major Sarah Dixon I'm a manpower officer in the Marine Corps I joined the podcast team because I got an email from this other guy called you know major Mike wish <laughs> who was here as a student he, never it, met him before. <laughs> never, no, yeah. Um, he he was the senior producer when I came on board here at NPS, and he had just sent out a mass email inviting more people to join the team because they were looking for more hosts. I personally go way back with Mike. We went to school together. He was my husband's best man in our wedding. And when I came to NPS as a geo bachelor, I was looking for ways to meet new people, be a little bit more social. And I told myself while I was at grad school, I was going to go outside my comfort zone. So that's part of the reason why I joined the team. Um, this is actually my first, I guess, hosted podcast. So I've been on the team over a year now. And what what a way to celebrate than, like, hosting the 50th episode. What Sarah's humbly trying to say is that she's been directing traffic and herding cats in the background. <laughs> so she hasn't stepped out from that role yet behind the microphone. So she's so joining us for this. So kind of in celebration of the 50th episode, we are also celebrating that the Trident Room podcast, which is a was a student-created um, team um, a, couple, a few years ago by our, our leader, Joe Novak, is now an official NPS Foundation Club. So we are hoping that through through our podcasts and through self-advertising and now being a club, we can get more hosts and more students. Because if you didn't know, the Trident Room podcast is a completely student-led and conducted podcast. Uh, we get to choose the, the topics and subject matters we discuss with our guests. We have the ability to reach out to... Um, arguably anybody in the military or civilian, you know, professional communities to discuss topics. Um, so, like, that, that's great. The NPS, like, Navy Me Talk Foundation found us to do Me Talk series. The NPS um, communications team has reached out to us about doing what we're looking at trying to do, NPS News Shorts, mm. to, to collaborate on some podcast episodes with some of the who's who at MPS and, and just share MPS news. I think it's been a, a great opportunity from that networking standpoint because, I mean, it's been gloves off, essentially, for, for reaching out. It's uh, whoever you, you you feel that would be a great uh, guest to, to be on the podcast. And so, you know, if you're out there listening to this uh, and you think you have something interesting to contribute or, you know, you bring a different look at life or military experience or uh, just in general, you know, this this gr great plug here for you to, to just reach out to us and, and uh, we're happy to have you on uh, and discuss things as, as you wish. Uh, it's a great opportunity. 
Yeah, if you're a subject matter expert in quantum stuff, <laughs> I'd love to have you. I second, I second that. Stuff. Yeah, me, you know, Carl over here, we love that kind of stuff, so. Well, and I think it's also just a great venue for all the questions we don't get to ask in SGLs or the questions that, you know, this really pertains to my field, but not everybody else. And I just, and I'd like to ask these questions, but uh, I don't really want to, you know, stand up in front of everybody at the SGL or, um, you know, this is really a, a, a pointed question that I'd like to exp have expounded. Um, we can bring them in and just talk to them and get those answers here. And then whoever wants to listen to it can listen to it. Well, I'm, I'm going to brag on one of our own for a little bit. Um, one of our own hosts is great at asking those questions at SGLs. Um, he's not the person you boo, you want to boo off the mic. Um, he also currently is in this room and is our, st our, our most experienced host at this time, Carl Flynn. <laughs> so, uh, Carl, how do you come up with the questions that you ask? Because you have very pointed, very good questions both at the SGLs and in, in, in your podcast episodes. So what goes through that brain of yours? Oh, uh, how much time do we have? Uh, <laughs> so for SGL specifically, um, I'll look at the specific guest. So for example, with the sector of the Navy, um, something that's near and dear to my heart as a infantryman is uh, fire support. And so Congress mandates that the Navy provide gunfire support to the Marine Corps. Well, if you've been reading the headlines, the uh, a lot of the surface warfare ships these days um, don't have nearly the fire support capability they did. So that's one of the questions that I asked specifically relating to that. Um, right now, I'm actually reading Condoleezza Rice's memoirs because she's going to be the next uh, SGL speaker. So, I mean, there's all sorts of different stuff. She negotiated the uh, ceasefire when the Russians invaded Georgia. So it would be an interesting question to ask about, you know, if you could sit down with Putin today, you know, you negotiated into the war in Georgia. How would you, or do you think you could negotiate into the war in Ukraine? So that's that's where I look at for uh, SGLs is something that's interesting to me, but also relevant to the specific person who's speaking. Um, and then as far as podcasts, I mean, my first podcast, I, I, I will say I went a little in over my head. Um, Dr. Arquilla and Dr. Denning, very, very nice, very, very polite, very, very accommodating, but uh, extremely well, like, established giants in their fields, respectively. Um, I did an episode on artificial intelligence as my first episode. And uh, if you listen to that episode, it's pretty clear, like, I'm asking a question, and they're, they're trying to be like, well, that's an interesting idea. Here's the question you should really be asking. I'm going to answer this. So, um, yeah, that, that was a learning experience. With Colonel Perry, that was a bit easier because both Marines, uh, both infantry side of the house, so there's a lot of common ground there. So it's, it's, it's been getting easier um, as I've been going through the podcast. I think you bring up a great point in that, in that, uh, you know, it challenges us as, as students here. You know, we have a full-time schedule, families, life, work-life balance. And in order to kind of entertain these podcasts with, with various guests, it's, it's critical to do your homework, you know. And I think that's, you know, with all the other issues and, and things that we have on our plate, it is, it is, uh, it does take time to sit down and actually dedicate to understanding the topics and, and the individuals that you're sitting down with so that you can create those questions that relate specifically to them, as well as the facts that you're trying to get to. So, you know, hats off to you again for doing, for doing extra homework and assignments in your spare time. Uh, you know, I think that's something we all try to do a little bit extra on as well. Well, full. I appreciate the words of praise, but full disclosure, no kids, not married, so it makes it a little easier on my end. But 
I'll take the credit. That was his uh, personal advertisement. <laughs> Smart guy. Uh, Sarah, I would note, so you said you're a manpower officer, but you are a prior pilot as well, correct? Yes. Um, so I went to the Naval Academy and from there selected marine aviation. I went through flight school, got my wings, and served as a CH-53 Echo pilot for a few years. Um I hit the fleet right as the last 53 squadron was leaving Afghanistan in 2013-2014 time frame. Um, so my like career path as a pilot dramatically changed based off of flight time. And we were there was a lot of maintenance issues that we were coming back, you know, from Afghanistan with our aircraft to where when I got career designated and was also like completing my first deployment as a pilot, I was like, what does my career path look like? And ultimately, uh, I was not on glide slope, um, essentially for a continued career path. And some of that was um, just timing. And amongst the squadron, I wasn't getting flight time amongst my peer group, um, arguably. And there were, there were some other command climate things that I did not necessarily agree with to the point where I said for myself, I, I wanted to stay in the Marine Corps. I wanted a career. So I put in paperwork to no longer be a pilot. I lap moved um, into manpower, which was one of my top three choices when I said, hey, this is what I would like to go do for the Marine Corps. It suits me very well. I have now been a manpower officer longer than I've been a pilot Mm. and feel lucky enough to be here at NPS studying manpower systems analysis to continue um, along the manpower track for the Marine Corps and the rest of my career, hopefully. See, this opens up a lot of questions. Yeah. This, you're probably the first, like, you know, aviator I've heard that's gone into another community that wasn't a fallen angel, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, in the Navy, fallen angels generally they just come from Pensacola. So I have to ask, one, do you still wear your flight suits occasionally? Two, <laughs> um, what's that going, and you probably are going to be able to speak much more of this in the Marine community, going from aviation to um, ground, I guess. Um, I will, I want to caveat, I actually don't like the term fallen angel, um, that it, it, different connotation. It is from like, usually if you don't make it through flight school, you don't earn your wings. So I think that's kind of where the fallen angel comes from, but you know, um, it, I also don't like it because in the aviation community, we call angels the deceased soldiers and sailors on our aircraft. Oh. We call the, the crew, we say, hey, we have four souls on board if you have four crew members. And then if you're carrying deceased remains, you call them angels. So from, that's me personally, that's not necessarily a community thing, but to me, the angels are the deceased. So fallen angel, I just don't think is an appropriate term. Um, and it doesn't account for all the people who choose to leave flight school because that does happen too in part of the attrition process is people choose to leave. Um, So for me, lap moving was arguably kind of hard. Um, It doesn't happen. I think it happens more often than the Marine Corps would like to admit. At least that's how the sense that I got because it wasn't until after I got out of the aviation community that I actually met a number of people who had gotten out of the aviation community for similar reasons to me. Hmm. And, um, but we all wanted to serve. We all became Marine officers for a reason. We all wanted to continue to serve. Um, So it was, I wanna say it was as easy as dropping paperwork, 
but it was as hard as convincing people who didn't want to have an accession or an attrition out of the squadron to convince me to let me go. Hmm. Um, I want to say, like, it is harder in the Marine Corps in general to lap move MOSs. We have more admins that come out that are very, like, give a very specific time, time and grade or time and service window and very specific MOSs of saying, you can leave these MOSs to go to these MOSs. So um, it's very hard um, to just broadly lap move as where I think in the Navy it's a little easier. Like once you've earned your, your SWO pin or other qualification, you arguably could, could lap move. I think it's a little easier in the Navy, mostly because you're just such a bigger service. Um, I do wear my wings. I still wear my wings on my camis. I still have my flight suits, but since I'm not in a flight status, I don't typically wear them. Although uh, I have been invited to, if we had a flight suit Fridays, I have been invited to to wear my flight suit for like flight suit Fridays because I still earned my wings. I went to flight school. Um, So arguably I I have an aviator number, a naval aviator number. So um, thank you. Yeah. yeah, I also uh, have a flight suit that I still maintain, but uh, I don't wear. <laughs> but I think that's a good question. I mean, you know, our, our point, you know, when we talk about this podcast team, uh, there's a lot of diversity of backgrounds and experiences that we've all had. So I'm going to dig into Carl because he's asking questions about what, <laughs> what's your background and where did you come from and how did you end up in, at MPS and what was that decision like to come here? Uh, so uh, like Sarah, I went to the Naval Academy, graduated 2018. Uh, went to TBS, um, just like Sarah, and then after TBS, you go to the infantry officer course for infantry officers, and then after that, I got assigned to a light armed reconnaissance unit, and so that's why I said if anyone knows what LAR is, I'll be thoroughly impressed, because even Marines don't know what LAR is. So what it, what it does is we're basically, the closest thing I could compare it to is an army cavalry unit, so we can fight just like a conventional fighting force, but our main job is reconnaissance and security, so... Um, that was that was an interesting learning experience because the infantry officer course is all about offensive and defensive missions, and then you go to light on reconnaissance, and it's very much no, we don't want to fight, we want to reconnoiter, and then we want to pull security missions. So, did that uh, was a platoon commander um, for both of my deployments. Thank goodness, never got stuck with being an XO or working in an S shop. They do important work, but I <laughs> would hard. much they rather would much rather be would much rather be in the field with the Marines, um, and then. Yeah, I got uh, orders to NPS. Actually, let me, let me back up a little bit. So our, our battalion XO set me and then my peers down who were in my company, and he's like, all right, fellas, uh, here's the deal. So there's this thing called Naval Postgraduate School, and we're just like, okay. And he's like, yeah, so uh, if you went to the Naval Academy, and I'm like, okay, that's me. He's like, and you majored in engineering. I'm like, okay, that's also me. He's like, and you had above a 3.0, and I'm like, uh, I don't know where this is going. He's like, you're probably going to NPS. I'm like, <laughs> okay, so what is this thing? He's like, yeah, it's this school you go to to get your master's degree. I'm like, I guess I'm going to get my master's degree. And then sure enough, a couple months later, uh, the MAR admin drops with all the names, and there I was on the list of people who are going to NPS. So, um, yeah, it was not something I actively pursued. It was just, hey, you went to the Naval Academy, you're mildly intelligent we're going to send you to nps so were you the only one of your battalion peers on that list uh there there were a couple others 
No, excuse me. There's just one other, um, Nate Tidwell, also an LAR guy. He is also here. So, yeah, I did, went. Did he fit all of EXO's wickets there, too? Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> he knew what he was talking about, yeah. So, it's been it's been awesome. So, Nate and I, we've been together since 2014, went to the academy together. We're in the same TBS class. We're in the same IOC class, same LAR class, same LAR company in the fleet, and then now we're both here. So, small Marine Corps. But, yeah, that's, that's how I got here. How, how'd you get here, Steve? Uh, as far as MPS, so service warfare, my first ship was USS Milwaukee and LCS Freedom Variant. Had a lot of fun with that. Uh, was in the Caribbean, so Mayport. Then uh, after that, went to San Diego as part of the BHR. After the fire, I got redesignated. What's BHR, Steve? Bonhomme Richard. Thank you. Ah, Thank yes, you. okay. Uh, the, one that, the one that was on fire. Yes, that's okay. correct. Uh, after the fire, I got redesignated to USS Boxer, a similar OHG class. I uh, got to work with the Marines, got to work with, uh, uh, I wouldn't call them Special Forces, but the Coast Guard's Maritime Air Dictionary Force um, with LCS and with AMFIB community. So my career has not been, I guess, a traditional surface warfare career of going on crew des and enjoying um, Aegis, but maybe mm-hmm. in the future. And so as far as going back to MPS, uh, I graduated from Naval Academy, low GPA, not as great as Carl, uh, <laughs> history major, and I'm, there's no pleasant way of saying it. Seeing the dust fell on how uh, things end with the BHR, I wanted to have a plan B, plan C in case things ever go wrong, and I'm the guy that's in charge. So I uh, told my detailer, hey, I don't really care much about the SWO bonus, but if you can get me to MPS and space systems, uh, you got yourself a department head. And that was what happened, and I haven't looked back. So that's awesome. Yeah, I I just want to apologize on behalf of Marines everywhere that you had to put up with us on the ship. So it's not I'm bad. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> like the old like cliche story. Uh, if you have like Marines acting up in one of the birthings, destroying something, you just you just turn off the water, you turn off the heater, and then the sergeant major or the sergeant comes up and he you know says, "Why are you doing this?" And then you explain, "Well, they're flushing things down the toilet; they shouldn't be." And all of a sudden, things works better, and <laughs> I really enjoy working with the Marine Corps. I always am impressed when we do our operations with them. Every person has a job, and they do it well. Um, it's very, very great to see, especially in the Navy where we're very, we're jack-of-all-trades branch, mm-hmm. like, yeah. especially on the surface side. Like, we are experts at nothing, but we know everything, and it, it can be really frustrating. Do <laughs> well, you have to, or like you lose, <laughs> you, know you lose com- confidence because people think you're not competent. So like you really put in an awkward situation because one day you're working on an engine, and the next day you're told, okay, time to plan a war game. It's like mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with what I've been doing the last like you know year getting ready for this workup. But um, for the Marine Corps, it's like okay, second lieutenant, first lieutenant, this is your job. You are going to be a artilleryman or artillerywoman. Mm-hmm. Like and that's what you do, and you do you do a lot of training, and you get really well. So when you go play war games in the Navy, they're they're always leading the way. And the other JOs like they knew exactly what was going on. I had to like do a lot of research in that like one month and learn, and just a brief like you know a commodore on something. But uh, it was definitely an experience, and like I said, I, I enjoy working with the Marine Corps on a lot of subjects. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I actually will echo that. So I was ROTC, and then I went. Um, carrier swole so you know already being put in a you're not a real surface warfare officer because you're from a carrier not a a cruiser destroyer but going to that platform and not having the marines like i worked with marines every day for four years at rotc they Mm -hmm. they were family 
And there's just a sense of camaraderie and orderliness and intent that you get with the Marines that I've already told the detailer. I don't know if you're listening, but I want to go to an amphib for my follow-on tour because I've done the carrier tour and I want some of that experience back. I was just going to ask, so while we're on the topic of how everyone got here, so prior slow, prior pilot, is that correct, Dave? <laughs> well, there's a whole episode on my backstory. So I've been in okay. for 19 years and, and, and I, I've been around the military uh, Navy life for a very long time. Uh, I joined back in 2004, and uh, I joined as an AG, so I had to wait 10 months, delayed entry to come in, enlisted side, to learn how to be an aerographer's mate, uh, okay. which is our, our, our meteorology uh, branch of the Navy. And, uh, you know, it was a, at the height of Afghanistan and Iraq, and, and my mom freaked out. And uh, she said, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't join the military. You're going to be in Afghanistan. And I just laughed. And I told her, hey, mom, uh, I'm, I'm on a ship. I'm in the Navy. I'm a weather guy. They literally send us in right behind the suicide squirrels. So uh, <laughs> no worries there. Uh, great wake-up call to the military life, guys. So uh, I ended up uh, in Afghanistan in 2006 uh, supporting oh. a Navy SEAL element out there. So um, long career of doing various different things. And I think that's one of the things I appreciate most about the military is the, the unique opportunities that are available for you. I joined to, to do weather. Uh, within 18 months, I was flying UAVs and, and manned aircraft. Um, and then I've moved on and done a bunch of different mission area support from anti-submarine warfare to other uh, NSW mission areas or Naval Special Warfare mission areas. Uh, worked with unmanned underwater vehicle systems. So I've done a lot of technology integration in my background. Uh, I met a LDO when I was at my first duty station. And it's a limited duty officer. And I just, I, he, he walked on water to me. And I, I said, that's what I want to do. Hmm. I want to be an LDO. And so I, I commissioned at 12 years as an LDO, one of the last of our community before we switched over to warrant officers. Uh, and so they had an attrition plan for the LDO community, and I had to laterally transfer over to 1800. And we, we talked briefly about the transfer process of how you do that. For me, it was literally, uh, it was called uh, without uh, board of session. So I literally uh, was just expected to hit the specific uh, requirements, and then I would be uh, transferred over to the 1800 or the meteorology community. And to continue our career path, we're required to come to MPS. And so mm-hmm. Uh, here I am still loving what I do. And so, uh, yeah, I'm at MPS. Interesting. Okay. Has that, has that episode been published yet? I'm, okay. That's really interesting. I'll have, to, I'll have to dig around on the files on our share drive and listen to that early. That's, that's super interesting. I did not know that. I haven't done, I haven't done one about my career uh, yet. But, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. okay. Again, Jeff, for less. Yeah. Like oh, I said, okay, I see. I, that's a whole yeah. hour-long story to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, so some of the me talk when, when we first were approached by the METOC community to do a METOC series. It was both of kind of like, what is METOC? What is, what is the community? But then when we, when um, Deja met Colleen and Dan with me at one of our Trident Room podcast meetings, Deja just kept thinking of like, oh, she's like, well, I'm really interested in your career background. And then we realized that Colleen and Dan, their efforts in Alaska and ISEX, I- yeah. they cross paths like operationally. And didn't know it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was at Allcom uh, with a larger exercise called Arctic Edge, and a subset of that is ISEX. 
And so Colleen was supporting ISEX, uh, and I was supporting the GIFMIC at the time as a GIFMIC LNO. So I was responsible for all the forces up in Alaska at the time. Uh, and I'd heard her name via email through the joint MeTalk officer that was up there. Uh, and, and I'd never actually met her till we got to MPS. And then we started swapping stories about our time up in Alaska. Hmm. And what is GIFMIC? Uh, that's a, yeah, good question. Uh, go ahead, Colleen. My brain's blanking on this one. I'll throw it back to you. My EWS instructor would be disappointed in me. I should know what this is, but I don't. Sorry, sir. Joint Maritime Force Combatant Commander. So caught me with a drink of water. But but <laughs> that but that definitely prompted to some of the me talk series, not necessarily just being about the community, but mm -hmm. doing some some of our like below the surface of actually getting to know the officers in the community, some of their very unique career backgrounds, um, which is kind of what our below the surface series that we've done intermediately had ap episodes about on like one on one with either other Trident Room podcast hosts or between others, you know, a, a Trident Room podcast host and another student. Because, um, Dan, you kind of hit it. We just, we have a very diverse group of hosts on the team now. We are now a full joint force. Deja's our, our army rep. Mm -hmm. And then both Adam and Jessica couldn't make it today for, for this conversation, but they're our Air Force reps. So we have Army, Air Force, Navy, and Marine Corps hosts on part of the Trident Room podcast team. Um, and I would say that's probably one of been my favorite things. So I had mentioned earlier, I joined the team to like meet new people and go outside my comfort zone. And I've loved all the people that we've had on this team. We've had, you know, Jeremy and Sydney um, and Zach have, have left, right? They've moved on from MPS. Um, so they're no longer part of the team that we have now. Um, Adam was one of our newest members one of the questions he asked me when he first showed up to one of our meetings was, where do you see this podcast going? And I was like, wherever you want to take it. <laughs> like, Good answer. Yeah, because I was like, it's wherever wherever the hosts want to take it. Um, I'm only here for another seven months, right? So I'll, I'm already going to be looking amongst the team members to, to have somebody replace me and kind of do some of the club president admin work behind the scenes. Um, uh, you know, Carl, you'll have to find somebody to be the club treasurer when you leave, that type of thing. Um, a really hard job. <laughs> but the podcast only survives as long as we find new students to continue to join the team. Um, I, I was lucky enough to have a chance to speak to Joe Novak, who was the Air Force officer here as a student who went through all, you know, all of the you know, trials and tribulations of creating this team and establishing it and making it a student-led team. Like, you know, there was, you know, when he first went through, you know, there was some talk of like, oh, why isn't this an NPS, like permanently like owned thing? And he's like, no, like this should be for the students, for students to talk about things related to NPS, things related to our communities. And I don't remember how he went around recruiting new hosts, but Mike Wish was one of the hosts that he had found for the team and they recorded during COVID. So they didn't get to actually do a lot of the face-to-face -face, um, meetings um, that we get to have the opportunity to, to now because they their first episodes were amongst, you know, the time of, you know, restrictions during COVID. The dark times. <laughs> we don't talk about those times. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a gas leak year. It's like those, those years didn't happen. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think the evolution of the podcast episodes is 
is really up to the, the diversity that's on the podcast team. So we just, we're just missing Coast Guard and Space Force. If you're out there, we want to interview you you're on the podcast. <laughs> Come join us. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be really great to hear about the uh, Space Force perspective on things because it's such a newly established branch and, and trying to understand how they feel about where they fit in the puzzle. That's so a, yeah. It's a great question. Yeah, um, I went to Colorado with the space systems operations. We did that and just seeing what they're having to go through with becoming a new organization, the USG, and how they are doing the officer enlisted divide of work. It's very interesting, you know, um, with the Navy and the Marine Corps, like, especially Marine Corps, I, I venture to say just from observing, like, they give a lot of responsibility and authority to, like, the lower enlisted men, the corporals, I believe. Mm -hmm. With uh, Navy, we kind of wait until they're, like, E5, E6, subject matter experts, hopefully, so they can train up the devos. And Space Force, they're very, like, you'll have a E3, E4, someone who just got out of their training school driving a satellite that's... A oh, completely wow. like backbone to GPS, for instance, and you just sit there. It's like I could not see the Navy or Marine Corps giving that much responsibility or like finger pull authority on an asset like that until they were at least an O one, O two, and there were like you know a couple O twos in the room, O three on the watch floors, but the people sitting on the desk, like I guess the closest I can. Um, compare is with Navy and engineering. We have an EL and then we have a space soup. Like it's not just the space soup and the EL. Like that's like a O three and a E five at times. They're those Space Force uh guardians, I guess they're calling themselves. Yes. Uh are doing Sorry, both this job. Space Force, we uh we all trying to figure it all out still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I was very disappointed when Congress switched you uh you guys from Guardians I mean, it's from Navy ranks to Guardians, because, like, I mean, I've, I've watched Star Trek all the time. I think most people thought they were going to go that route, but, you know, well, we're, we acceptable. We accept you. There's a reason why they're space ships. They're ships. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, that sounds like it can be the genesis of an episode, reaching out and interviewing some Space Force folks out there. Yeah, you're sure. actually giving me a great idea. Uh, when I was stationed out in Hawaii, uh, one of my wife's friends was an uh, Air Force uh personnel enlisted side and and uh she just recently i think last year became a part of the first all-female uh squadron uh, of flight drivers of, of satellites so oh wow uh, yeah definitely I, i'll definitely look into reaching out to her because uh, that's got to be an awesome story uh, especially from that standpoint yeah yeah so w i think we're getting close to wrapping up our time um mostly because we were doing this over our lunch hour so thank you very much for everyone being here. Um, for the listeners, we'd love to hear what you would like to hear from your Trident Room podcast. Since, you know, find one of one of the hosts. We're on, a, we have a website where all of our episodes are published. We also have um, our headshots and bi mini bios as our Trident Room podcast team. We're getting our new team members up, uploaded and on there soon. So reach out to us, find, find us in the, the MPS gal um, or emails or whatnot, send your recommendations, or stop by the Trident Room. We typically have our meetings Wednesday or Thursday evenings at 1530 in the Trident Room. Uh, we typically have a sign-out. So if you'd like to come join the Trident Room Podcast Club and, and become a host and learn how to host your own podcast, that, that is what we're here for. And all of us here are not here for a long time because we're all transient students. But the podcast continues on 
because we get new people who, who want to take on and have an interest in having quality conversations unfiltered and on tap. And if to, to prove a point, I, I think collectively, uh, none of us have a vast experience in, in podcasting. So there's no real resume builder or, hey, I have these skill sets that need to apply. Uh, it's just an interest in asking interesting you know, questions and picking out topics and really getting, uh, getting to hear the unfiltered voice uh, of the students. Coast Guard Space Force, looking to you guys. Thank you. Thanks for joining us in the Trident Room. For more information about today's guests and topics, please visit the show notes. The Trident Room Podcast has been brought to you by the Naval Postgraduate School Alumni Association and Foundation. For questions, comments, and suggestions, please email us at tridentroompodcasthost at nps.edu and find us online at nps.edu slash tridentroompodcast.com.